This is SideQuest Completed, the Hoppiest Game Dead podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. Yeah, so I'm a JC, they, them, co-host here on SideQuest Completed, along with my other amazing co-host. I'm Calvin slash Iron Froggy, he, them, um... Also, just developer slash game dev on the side, uh, trying to keep this thing going to remind myself to actually do the game thing. Yeah. And um, I'm Heather, she, her. I'm the guest this week. Um, I am most notably the uh, developer, programmer, writer, side artist, etc. on Extreme Meat Punks Forever. Hi, Heather. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me on the show. It's our great pleasure. Hi. So, how have you all been uh, this week? Well, um, I've been doing pretty good. Um, assuming that you were addressing that to all both of us, um, things have been good. Getting back to normal after some hecticness at the house, and ready to get back to the podcast schedule and the game dev schedule that I have, which has been sort of falling to the wayside. So, I'm, I, this is a really great way to get back to it to talk to somebody who oh, yeah. uh, actually finishes stuff, so mm-hmm. that I can feel. <laughs> Pressure to follow suit. So that's <laughs> really what I need right now. Yeah. So, Heather, how about you? Um, I've had a pretty good week. Um, I've been doing a lot of writing on Meat Punk Season 2 recently, which is fun. Um, I'm, uh, I, I think I'm sort of on the slower side for writing, so like I tend to be able to knock, around, uh, knock out around 1,000 words a day if I'm doing good. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been doing pretty all right. I also went through a pretty big makeover, got a tattoo, cut mm-hmm. off all my hair, uh, made a couple of major fashion choices. I've had a good week. Awesome sauce. No, I've that, been... that, that's the kind of stuff that sounds like I'm actually having a terrible week. Like, oh, I just chopped off all my hair. I'm so free right now. But legitimately, <laughs> there is nothing really going wrong in my life right now. I just kind of wanted to change. Yeah, it's kind of like when you <laughs> buy a whole new ensemble for your character in a video game just because you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the person next to me in the salon was so worried. She looked. She kept looking over as I chopped like a foot of my hair off. She was like, is everything okay in your life? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Yeah, no, if I chop off a foot of hair, y'all should be concerned because that's going to take off about eight inches of scalp. Uh, yeah, I, I think eight inches of scalp overlooks part of the definition of scalp, but sure. Yeah, in my case, I've been, been last week in mostly Cincinnati, in a Cincinnati oh. adjacent. So judge that good or ill, if you will. I enjoyed the time. Got to go to a bookstore, get some bourbon chocolates, and buy, of all things, chain store chili seasoning in the gift shop mm. at the airport. But she had more than one gift shop. Oh. And so processing that. that was a, that's a fun trip. Yeah, do some programming. Got to work with Angular for the first time in several months. Good trip. And stick with my daily writing goal. So I've upgraded to 400 words a day. So not quite as fast as Heather. But trying to get, it, get that there. Get it done. Get her done, as they say. It's tough. Writing is hard. Yeah. I know. Like for this last week, I didn't have my laptop with me. Just a work laptop. So I just ended up going on my phone and dictating with my voice um, random details about the different characters in the cast and establishing them more as characters and just developing details I just not gotten around to yet in the flesh of characters. Nice. Yeah. 
I learned that Donnie really loves brownies. Hmm. Yeah. Understandable. Brownies are great. Yeah. I don't quite know why my main character, Alex, likes quiche, because that's not really my thing, but more power to them. I mean, it's a good food. <laughs> yeah. God, I haven't had quiche in years. I should make oh, a good. quiche. Yeah. Make huh. quiche. Maybe I'll do that after the podcast. I can't talk about quiche without remembering the rat monsters from the Bone comics. Which, oh yeah. Which, if if you may or may not have heard, it just got picked up for a Netflix animated show. Oh snap! Oh yeah, I heard about that. Oh I'm my excited. god! I was I was running through the house going, "Guess what? Guess what?" And I freaked <laughs> my family out because of how loud I was yelling when I read the news. <laughs> <laughs> Gracious! Yeah, so I guess like but, uh, I think I might make a quiche to celebrate when that comes out. That might be a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to do it. Bone quiche. <laughs> this is why we're a game show and not a cooking show. <laughs> oh, we're a game show? Is there prizes? Yes. Ooh. Fulfillment and personal satisfaction. Oh, those are my favorite prizes. I love them. They're not easy to get. Yeah, they are. No. All right. So it's another thing we do in the podcast to jump the thing jump around a bit. Uh, like talk about what we've been reading, watching, playing, whatnot lately. Right. Um, Heather, do you want to go first? Um, sure. I've been playing a lot of Risk of Rain 2 recently. Ooh, yeah. Um, it's just my go-to game to play while I'm listening to something. Because, like, like, no dialogue. It is mechanically engaging enough that, like, I can sort of get into that flow state pretty easily. And, I don't know, I just have a lot of fun with it. Um, nice. They uh, recently put out this new content update, um, adding a new character who I am fairly sure is a butch trans woman and I love her. Um, her name is Loader. Essentially her big thing is that she is a grappling hook and she uses it to punch people. Um, that is very meat punks by the way. Yeah, yeah it is very meat punks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've been doing that. Uh, I have been, been reading a bunch of Discworld recently. Well, not super oh, yes. recently, but in the past couple months, I've really been diving into it. Uh, one of my um, favorite series. Yeah, I've been having so much fun. I've been stuck on Thud for like a month just because it's so dense. So I'm thinking of like taking a break from that and going on to something like making money. Yeah. Oh, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the audiobook's also really good. Yeah, I've heard. My uh, partner actually had a, a like tried out the audiobooks for uh, like once uh, while on a road trip and uh, she just couldn't get into them because Mm -hmm. uh, it was the audiobook for I believe it was Guards Guards which starts Mm -hmm. off with Vines just drunkenly monologuing to himself um, like while he's lying down in a gutter and the way that it was done in the audiobook is just guys just slurring every word and she just thought like this is the worst audiobook I've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) is the entire book going to be like this yeah, I will say the ones with the witches mm. uh, definitely do better by that. You get a lot of that old Granny accent, and it's wonderful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, cool. How about y'all? Yeah. What have y'all been up to in consuming media? Well, I finally got around to playing Meat Punks season one oh. all, the way, all the way through last night. That was a blast. Yeah, I'll talk some more about that later. Also, <laughs> um, I've been trying to play through the Switch port of Alliance Alive, which is an amazingly classic, amazingly classic JRPG. I've found 
middling at best. The writing is a bit underwhelming. I think I'm just going to stop playing it today. It's like, it doesn't have the same kind of deeply engrossing gameplay I found in things like, um, what was that card game? The roguelike card game theme. Um, Slay's Fire? Slay's Fire, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll probably go back. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to drop that one. I might go back to Etrian Odyssey Nexus, which isn't the strongest one in the Nexus Etrian Odyssey series. I might just try something else entirely. Maybe like catch up on my podcast. That too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are interesting experiences. Uh, listening to audiobooks a lot. There was the excellent and very practical Never Split the Difference book about negotiation, which I highly recommend. I think it's one of the things I think everybody should read for many reasons, especially if you're maybe interviewing for a job, talking about salaries, or just in life in general. Very useful. Uh, Steve Cam's Level Up Your Life was a promising read. It's uh, been a while since I last reread it, but I found that useful. I need to go back on that. I need to take some uh, advice on that book, but another good read. I'm looking forward to starting on this is how you lose a time war. So now I've picked up when I was in Ohio, and it seems pretty interesting. A little hmm. sci-fi time travel trip. The title definitely catches me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm intrigued to figure out what that means. Yes. How do you lose a time war? I'm going to find out. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see, Calvin, did you already go? No. Uh, so I've been watching a couple things. Um me and my wife are trying to binge the previous season of Riverdale because if we want to be able to catch up and watch the live one that's now coming out, but we need to hurry up before they go off the air. Mm-hmm. So we're binging that while screaming at the TV for how stupid it is. Because, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, that that thing is ridiculous. Um, just, just enjoying the new season of Supernatural, final mm. season. We've been huge fans the whole length of the show. The whole family has, so... I'm hoping that they end that up well, and I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat as to whether or not they screw it up because that'll be dumb. Um, went out twice this week. I saw Gemini Man and uh, Maleficent, um, which I liked in the opposite order that I thought I would. Uh, Gemini Man was a lot better than I expected, and Maleficent was a bit of a letdown. Hmm. Good to know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I've been uh, getting back into uh, Factorio. I've started a new uh, map for the first time in about a year. Um, and I think I might get into another serious playthrough. Um, it's been a while, and I've, there's been a few updates. So I like to like, kind of give it some time so that I'm not playing it with just a few changes. So uh, looking forward to digging into that more. I just started that this week, and I think I'm going to try to shift some of my game time there again because I always like like that. Um and, and that's about it right now. I haven't had time for getting um, back to my reading, although I did pick up uh, a couple new books that I may or may not actually read. Um, hopefully, I'll have updates about actually reading next week. But I've <laughs> time lately. Uh, work's been really busy. To, it makes it harder to find time for that. I've, I'm helping to organize a conference at work that's in just a couple weeks, so that's been eating up some time because I'm also talking at it, so I need to spend my time that I have free writing, so... Good luck. Yeah, well, I mean, it. there's another series, a uh, TV I've been watching with my girlfriend. Is also thanks to Heather, called The Good Place. Oh my god, I love The Good Place. Yeah. Yes. yes, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's like she and I binged it 
I saw a couple of months ago. That's right. I remember you talking about that. And still loving it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a good cast. Have you yeah. caught up yet? We were all caught up. Mm. Yes. How it looks you? like it's going to be a heartbreaker of a season. Yeah, it has to be his last one. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, watching it as it comes out. Um, you talking about movies also reminded me, I did see Joker the other day. Ooh. It was... Uh, I, got... I, I have opinions. <laughs> yes, I opinions have are allowed. Mixed, I have really mixed feelings about wanting to see that movie. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what to know. It was less bad than I thought it was going to be, but it just it just doesn't say anything. It does this yeah. sort of uh, like movie magic trick where it says everything in every direction at the same time. So you can sort of pick and choose at what parts um, like mm-hmm. you actually want to believe. Like if you read it one way, it's a revolutionary communist movie about like killing rich people and how fucking great that is. But on the other hand, it's about how unions are bad because the whole thing, like the whole city is going to shit because of the garbage workers strike. And it's just bouncing back and forth between so many different ideas. It's a Revcom movie. It's an incel movie. It's a centrist movie. It's everything all at once. You take your own personal psyche into it and it bounces back at you what you already believe. It doesn't actually stand yeah. for anything. It's like verbal moonwalking. When it first started being, like, when the trailer first came out, I thought, this looks terrible. And then when reviews started to say it was actually really, really well done, I had to wonder, does it matter if it's well done? And now I actually wonder if it being really well done could actually be a bad thing if it uses that for no... Unfortunately, for, not, for, for, Yes, yes. Yeah. I couldn't think of the right way to phrase that, but yes. So I can't see what is a good watch. Is a Saturday Night Live parody of it starring the Grouch. Yes. Oh, my God. From Sesame Street. <laughs> with with David Harbour from Stranger Things as the Grouch. Yes. Go watch that instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we also go a lot more to politics. For example, I am not playing Overwatch right now, even though it's hol- holiday season, Halloween time, for various reasons. Yeah. Things have been a little messy around the Blizzard HQ. A lot of messy. Yeah. But that's a big commercial game. We're here talking about indie and hobbyist games. Woohoo! Woo! Yes. All right. So, Heather, why don't you give us a quick rundown of Meat Punks? Okay. Um, so, I am very proud of this elevator pitch. It took me a long time to refine it down to exactly what it is. Um, Extreme Meat Punks Forever is a visual novel slash mech brawler about gay disasters beating up neo-Nazis and giant robots made of meat. Um, yeah! <laughs> woo! Uh, yeah, that's that's the main part of it. It's a um, episodic visual novel. Um, season one came out in six parts. Uh, season two, uh, which is in development now, will probably also be coming out in six separate episodes. Um, we're figuring that out right now. Um, but yeah, um, essentially... It's a visual novel where the choices you make in one episode affect what happens in the next episode, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's about uh, growing up queer in the South. It's about um, anti-fascism. It's about um, like dealing with feelings about the apocalypse. It's about dysphoria and body dysmorphia in general. Um, it's about a lot of different things. Um, I think it all kind of blends together well, but I guess it's not really up to me to decide. 
Now, speaking of someone from Georgia, it identifies with a lot of other stuff that definitely speaks to me. <laughs> so my kind of uh, game. Not to mention the giant robots. What? I'm not the giant meat robots. Uh yeah. <laughs> I um I, I wanted to prepare a little bit for for this interview, and I, I'm familiar with a couple of your your games and of Me Punks Forever in the new um with the whenever you had the Kickstarter mm-hmm. especially, uh, so I was reading through the list on the way back from lunch today. I had my wife read on her phone just like so re- refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. And first thing that happened while reading through the list of all your games is that my son thought that we were reading a list of uh, computer-generated names of games. (laughs) (laughs) Like, computer-generated random inspirational quotes that didn't make a lot of sense, but he really enjoyed them. And the second thing that happened is that my wife, who is a non-gamer, cannot wait to play Extreme Meat Punks Forever, so she really loved the the synopsis and and wants to check it out and... uh, so I thought that was a pretty good uh, response uh, to get from that. But I, I, I'm very excited for... I haven't played um, Season 1 yet, and I really know that I need to, but don't take any offense to that because I don't play 90% of the games that I have. It's totally understandable. Um, I don't take any offense yeah. at all. It's just such a long queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to the front of the line. Well, thank you. Awesome sauce. Yeah, so I'd love to hear some more about the development process for We Punks. You don't have to hear about episodic games. Um, okay. Uh, the development process for Meat Punk Season 1, it was a very low-budget game. Um, well, I, I'd say, like, middle-low budget. It's very difficult to, like, rank the lowest budget of indie development because a lot of it is, like, a $0 game, a $20 game, etc. Um, but, like, all in all, I think it, like I, I think it still qualifies as a low-budget game. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, season one did anyways um season two we actually have a budget and we're using it to like give money to people and it is so weird um (laughs) i'm into the concept um but season one uh i came up with the idea um september i believe of 2017 uh i was working on a game at the time called genderect and in between developing parts of that um I just went on these massive uh, shit posting sprees, um, and one night I woke uh, I woke up after. By the way, is it okay to curse on this? Go for it. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, just however much the fuck you want. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I just figured I should check before I really went yeah. off. Um, Appreciated. I don't plan on it, but like you never know. Um, yeah. So one morning I woke up after having gone on a posting fugue the night before, and. One of the things that I had posted that gotten that had gotten like a small amount of attention was just the phrase "extreme meat punk forever," and I looked at that and I thought, "Huh, that could be something." And then nine months later, an entire game was made. <laughs> That's a title first. I like that. That's a good uh, good seed to start the rest of the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, like a, I have a lot of ideas that come from from that because if you get a good title, you don't want it to go to waste. Yeah, absolutely. Like. I don't know, like, I thought about the title, and then I thought, huh, there might be something there. And then the more I dug, the more I found the whole idea compelling. Um, And then I just kind of figured, like, okay, this is going to be the next game that I make. Nice. Um, So development officially started pretty soon after uh, the development for Gender Act ended. Um, That game came out. Um, And then a few months later, the first episode came out. 
the second nice. and the third and the fourth and the fifth. And then a few months later, the sixth, because I had gotten my like scheduling wrong and had gone back to school. And it was just a mess trying to get that last episode out. But it eventually happened. Well, that's the most important things actually <laughs> out there. Yeah. So, so at what point in developing it did you decide to do it episodically or seasonally and did, like did that was it the same choice or was seasonally because you realized how long it would go uh like when did you decide to make it as multiple parts instead of just a game um that was a decision that happened pretty early on when i realized like the game that i want to make is so much bigger than the game that i have the budget to make um mm. or the time to make um like i was a full-time college student at the time i graduated a few months ago um, it's about like half a year ago. Jesus. Um, <laughs> time flies. Yeah, time really does fly. Um, yeah, so uh, I realized like, okay, the full scope of the game is something that I can't really do right now. But I can do a third of the game. And if I split that into chunks, I can, I can make an 18th of the game. Like, a, the, a, a single episode of a six-part mini-series of a three-season game. I can do that. Just one episode at a time, getting something out quickly, um, and then just going from there. Um, so season one was released, and then using the buzz from season one, we were able to launch a successful Kickstarter, which gave us enough budget to make season two. And then hopefully after that, we'll have enough budget to make season three. Uh, that's hmm. sort of the like where it came from. Like, it's... <laughs> So was the seasonality driven by that idea of being able to raise money from the early ones to do the later ones? Uh, yeah, somewhat. It was also just, um, I don't know, I like episodic content. I think it has a nice flow to it if done properly. Um, sort of gives the chance to sort of create a more of a community because you can encourage people to tweet about the game, which then encourages more people to pick it up, which then encourages them, encourages them to connect with others about the game, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's like with the good place. We get so excited week after week. The yeah. ongoing water cooler slash uh, social media discussion this continues because there's always something more to look forward to versus big blast releases that we forget about a month later. Yeah, definitely. Are the um, are the episodes or like which is episode or season or the whole game the closest in scale to a uh, previous games that you've made? Uh, what do you mean by that? Like, is one episode about the size? Because I know you, uh, your repertoire has a lot of smaller games in it. So, is <sighs> one episode of Meepunks about the scale, the amount of time you would spend on a previous small game? Um, about the amount of time that I would spend on it, or the amount of time that others would get out of it? That you would spend on it. Like, okay. I'm trying to think of this in terms of, like, does breaking it up like this make it sort of approachable in the usual amount of energy you put into one game? Um, it depends because of the like different scopes, but in general, mm -hmm. an episode of Meat Punks takes about a month to two months to make. Um, and that's like my time. It's time of other people who are also working on the game. Um, but for season one, it was about a month per episode. I'm estimating it'll be about the same for season two. We're still in the, um, like setting up systems stage. So like we've only just started really creating the content, but I'm estimating it'll be about a month per episode. Um, and so that month goes into a uh, 20 to 30 to 40 minute experience, depending on how fast you read, how long that specific episode is, et cetera. 
Um, so comparing that to other games, I'd say it was about the same development length as... Uh, just going down my list, it's about the same as it took to make 10,000 years. Um, it was about twice the development length of Secret Spaces, or um, half the development length of Secret Spaces, about the same length as Godkiller Brigade 10 Trillion. Um, actually, I think Godkiller Brigade 10 Trillion was shorter. Um, I think that was actually like a two-week game that I just oh, like nice. went into a like fugue state. I was that was like right before I burned out for the first time. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been there. Yeah, after that, I like really took a step back and decided like, okay, I am never ever doing that again. Um, I've always had kind of a problem with overworking myself, uh, and I don't need to like romanticize it at all. Um, I yeah. like worked really hard and got a lot of games done, and also very much hurt myself over it. Um, and yeah, it took me, yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. it took me several years in order to get to the point where I can actually like consistently say, okay, this is the amount that I can do today. And that's okay. I don't have to keep pushing myself after that point. Um, A lot of people talk about learning to say no, but you also have to learn to say that to yourself. And that takes more yes. time to learn than people expect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Strong agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's all part of my whole four hundred word now four hundred word limit. It's hard as two hundred word threshold rather. Initially, try to get back into consistently working on Anthotari instead of mm -hmm. fits and spurts, and only been stepping it up as it's become easy to do the certain word count. And that's been it's a little bit frustrating at times to only do that much, but also frustrating that feel like I have to do it on that given day or that given time at 11.30 at night and I'm rushing to type out. Mm -hmm. But it's been so many words just consistently happening. It's been so sustainable in a way that some other work schedules have not been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the way that that word, that, that keeps us a consistent pace, like you said, about yeah. producing, and that, that lines up directly with how doing these episodic games must feel to constantly be not just working, but actually pushing something out, you know, cause you could, you could spend exactly the same amount of time doing a whole season and only put it out at the end. And it'll be a whole different feel about the productivity than being able to actually share each episode as you are. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I transitioned to talking to JC to have that in that sentence. And I didn't really clear that. <laughs> uh, but that, that really appeals to me. I've, I've, I'd love to have something like that and but I have, I have a lot of different ideas and not a lot that would stretch out longer like than, than that i do have a few but most of mine are like individual things that can't stretch out like that and i, I love that idea um of being able to to push things out as you're working through it yeah. because that would be a huge feedback loop of inspiration and, and motivation to not have to wait to the very end to share it yeah definitely um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the concept of motivation, honestly. Um, I feel like it is inconsistent at best. Um, and like while it can get you working, you need discipline in order to keep you working. Um, but I do feel like there are a lot of positive effects to doing a game episodically. Like, um, I don't know. One, uh, one of the things that I really liked about writing Meat Punks is that um, if, if it were just a single game that all came out at once... You would meet yeah. these characters and then over a couple hours get to know them and then the game ends. But if the game is spread out, 
then you meet these characters, and then by the time you get to the end of the game, these are characters that you've known for months. Hmm. Yes. Like, so do you think it's important that people are following along and playing as they're coming out rather than somebody waiting until they all come out? Would that be a big difference in the way they consume it, you think? Um, I think it's a difference in experience. I like to think that the game still holds up um, in its present form, um, but it, it definitely is a different experience, I feel. Sort of like how it's different binge-watching a TV show from just like watching it an episode a week. Yeah, I'd say the exact same thing with uh, The Good Place again, because yeah. Claire and I binged seasons one through three, mm-hmm. and then we've had to pace ourselves for season four because it's still being released episodically. Mm-hmm. And that's been very interesting, just following that pacing. Yeah, uh, Heather, how long would you say um, your seasons are in terms of uh, word count? Seasons and episodes and whatnot. Um, if I remember right, uh, season one had about 35,000 words at the end. Um, I'm, uh, I'm expecting season two to be about the same length, maybe a bit bigger. Um, probably not more than 40,000 words. Um, it's actually kind of funny. Like, I am not really yeah. a professional writer. I just kind of fell ass backwards into the whole thing. Um, <laughs> like, I thought, okay, this is a story that I want to tell. And nobody's going to tell it but me, so I guess I better get cracking. Yeah, I mean, you've got the whole Kickstarter successful for your writing work, so I think you can probably say professional <laughs> writer now. Yeah. However, you can, whether you moonwalked into it or strode into it, like <laughs> you got there one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, Meepunks is basically my first big writing like credit. Like, I did a small amount of writing on uh, Gender Wrecked, and I've like done a little bit of writing in my own personal games, but mostly I'd done, like, wordless games up to that point. Um, so just sort of turning that around and, like, writing an entire novella, um, it, it was definitely a, a different experience. Oh, yeah. If, uh, if that's different from the, the way you focused on it, or the, the parts that you focused on in previous games, do you think that going forward you'll do more of the writing-heavy side, or go back to the kind of games you would make before that, or you know, is this something you want to keep doing more of? Um, I feel like writing is now a skill that has been like added to my repertoire. Like it's to the point where I feel like I can consistently rely on it to be something that can um, like connect emotionally with other players. So like I definitely have gone a little bit more writing heavy in my uh, more recent non meat punk games. Um, I run this thing on my Patreon called the Monthly Ballot, where um, every month I like get suggestions for games to make. And then over the course of the month, I make that game. Um, Mm -hmm. And so recently I have been going a lot more writing heavy on those, like my, uh, like micro visual novels and stuff like that. Um, And like my original, like actual trained skill, which is in like systems based design. Like I still do that, but writing is also something that I am capable of doing now. So it's definitely more of a, Mm -hmm. like part of the games. Nice. Well, that reminds me, there's one game of yours I've been meaning to play. Mm-hmm. I think it's called You Are a Wizard. Oh, uh, You Are a Wizard is a fun one. Oh, can you tell us some more about that one? Um, okay, so You Are a Wizard is a game about breaking up with Sherlock Holmes. Um, <laughs> As you do. Yeah, um, it's a sort of surreal, intentionally fever dream-esque um, game that's uh, sort of an homage to um, like flash game platformers, which was a pretty big part of my childhood. I'm sort of in this like blurry Commodore 64. um, Like I said, fever dream 
esque aesthetic. Um, it originally started out as just me wanting to practice uh, learning how to do animation in a sprite. Um, so all the character animations are intentionally like really over the top with a lot of animation smears and stuff like that. Just because I was having fun with it. Um, like if you go to the page, there uh, um, there's a gif of the uh, player character doing some spells, and all the spells like have a lot of smears going on. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a like it's half a platformy game where you wander around this forest and uh, do spells in order to solve puzzles, um, and it's part a dialogue game. Uh, like that's sort of what I was talking about. Like it is a game that is pretty heavy on dialogue, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be just because like it is a thing that I can do now. Um, and people responded really positively to it. Like a lot of people have told me that you are a wizard made them cry, um, which I think is very funny because it's a game called you are a wizard. Um, yeah. Well, it's a lot of sense. Definitely one thing on my docket to play really soon. Yeah, yeah actually, that, that one stood out when I was uh, reviewing the list earlier. Like I said, uh, I, I also do love the aesthetic itself. That's something I I really like doing. The the um, Commodore is like a really good mix or level of pixel to focus mm-hmm. on. It's just just the right amount of abstract so that you uh, you're not. I don't know. You're leaving a lot of gap for imagination to fill. That's precisely what a lot, a lot of people um, are pushing so much detail in uh, these days that I, I don't know, it doesn't fit right for me. So I really like that aesthetic. Thank yeah. you. And kind of yeah. Sorry, sorry, didn't interrupt there. Oh, uh, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of how the transition to 1080p TV, people can start seeing the pores of the newscasters' faces, <laughs> and it stops being quite so fun to watch anymore. Right. Well, because now we finally can fix that by going to 4K and see into the world. <laughs> uh, or we could also just play a entire goose game. Personally, I think we should go 16K. I think we should like put cameras inside the pores. Yes. <laughs> but actually, I want to circle back to one thing we mentioned earlier: uh, motivation. That seemed to be some controversy there. <laughs> and one thing I did pick up on this is the idea that motivation is important but often much more as a barometer than anything else. Hmm. Hmm. For example, I know that all of my times I've been burned out was preceded by extended periods of a lack of motivation, often for good reason. And that's something, imagine you were probably feeling, maybe be projecting, imagine like for your burnout, you probably had similar issues with motivation not being there. And though you managed to work through it, some more attention to motivation might have helped you pace that in a way that I avoid burnout. Yeah, not quite actually. I was actually feeling highly yeah. motivated up to the point where I burned out. Um, oh, like I was doing things every single day. I had just finished giving two talks at GDC. I had come home with working on a new game. I was giving presentations. I was working on school and I really wanted to do all of it until one day I just physically couldn't anymore. Um, it was like, the way I kept describing it when it happened was it felt like I was dead, but I was still alive. Like the second I tried to do anything, my entire brain went cold and I really wanted to do things because I had, like, I was a full-time student. I had things to do where I would fail, but every time I tried, it would just feel like hitting against a brick wall. 
Um, this is almost like too much motivation for a same period of time. Yeah. Um, That's a weird way to think about it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of messes with me, actually. I'm always looking for motivation, so the idea of uh, having too much is a little frightening. It's like if I fix my lack of motivation, I can just create new problems. Yeah. I, I mean, th- that's why I kind of go more towards discipline these days anyways, because like, mm-hmm. mo- in my experience, motivation is so fickle. I spent so long trying to like search for it, and then once I finally found it, it burned me. But discipline, just yeah. doing a little, even if it's not your best, just doing enough every single day eventually you'll get done it's a sustainable work yeah it's sustainability yeah. that's the real exactly. important thing hmm. jesse i think we have a topic to add to the list now yes it's on the list we have a little google spreadsheet of all our podcast topic ideas oh. it's not unlike your list of uh like the list of ideas you had for game names and whatnot <laughs> key phrases there yeah if What's what's that? Talk a little about that. That sounds yeah. So I have a list of games, just sort of like in a drive folder. Um, they're all design docs that are like half finished for games that are way too big for me to ever possibly make. Um, there's one called Be Gay Do Crimes, which is sort of a uh, Jet Set Radio kind of parkour kind of Mirror's Edge type game. That sort of has role-playing elements where you uh, like go and do organized direct action, and it teaches you real-life direct action skills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it'd be really fucking cool if it wouldn't cost a million dollars to make. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But the idea is there, yeah. Uh, there's another one called uh, Gehenna, um, which is sort of a sequel, like a sort of stealth sequel to a game that I made several years ago called 10,000 Years. It was the first game that I ever made that I felt proud of. Um, And so I've had an idea for a sequel kicking around in my head for a long time now. This one will be 20,000 years in the future um, (laughs) as you examine the remains of this uh, nuclear waste disposal site, which is broken down, which has caused the wildlife to mutate, which has caused an entirely new ecosystem to arise, which means that your job is to be a biologist for this new world. It's a stealth game where you go around and you observe animals and then you like figure out what is going on in their lives, sort of Obra Dinn style, um, where you have like a little notebook and you can record creatures and then like... Okay, so when, when are you making this? When can I play <laughs> Um... Given my current life trajectory, either 2030 or never. Yeah. Oh, just give it 10,000 years. <laughs> this this um, reminded me of, a, of an old project that I used to love going back to. This I can't remember. I don't know the name of the person, as you do with people online a lot. Um, but there was this um, list called the 300 Game Project, where Whoa. an individual created... 300 game ideas fleshed out with mock-ups and and game and uh mini design docs over several years and i was going to link to it but apparently the site is still up but all of the images are dead oh i might try to track them down now because i love that and one thing that was really cool about it is um i think they went on and made several of the games but it was also done publicly the idea being here's a bunch of ideas i love coming up with ideas make games with them if you want and i've seen out in the wild other people making games based on these. So it's a fantastic idea. I love the way the idea of, you know, here's these ideas that I'm never going to get the time to go through all of these. Mm-hmm. But if 
somebody wants to make them real, then please do. Um, it was really a great like source of inspiration and also of uh, an example of that persistent work because the list just kept growing over time until they hit the 300. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Nice. That's another, that's another I, good I point. Really, yeah. I wish I could share it if no, without any of the images. It's really... Have you tried not opening it in the Wayback right. Machine? Or does that also not work I, the images? I will, I will check. I just pulled it up like as we were talking, so I, I will try that. Yeah, it's in for the show notes, yeah. That's actually another good point related to motivation, too, is that you don't need the perfect idea. Yeah, absolutely. That your volume ideas is much more useful, yeah. I mean, Extreme Meat Punks Forever was not some deeply researched, <laughs> market-approved idea that came out of focus groups. It was literally poop tootin. Yeah, I think 90% of game development isn't actually the idea, it's the execution. Um, and the idea yes. is important to a degree. Like, it decides what kind of thing you execute, but the craft comes from not just you thinking, huh, that would be neat. It comes from you putting in hours upon hours in order to execute it. What's that thing? Yeah. So something is like 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It's a good stat spread. Cool. Right. I, I, have, I have mixed feelings with, with that sentiment in that it is true, but I also don't want to devalue the enjoyment of coming up with ideas just for its own sake. I, oh, yeah. Sometimes I like musing on an idea just for that. I don't always have to intend to ever act on it. To exactly. enjoy coming up with yeah, it. Totally. I don't want to feel like I've wasted something by coming up with an idea and then never, you know, actually doing it. Like, yeah, it's a fine, fun thing. To yeah. Do. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a totally fair sentiment. Like, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know. It's I was also sentiment that I Oh, Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to say, like, I, I believe, like, coming up with ideas is an important part of, uh, like, is an important step of the process. It just tends to be overvalued when it comes to, like, games that actually get made. Um, like, yes. when it comes to just coming up with ideas for ideas' sake, like, that's totally cool. I think that's a really fun pastime. Um, but it tends to overshadow the rest of the actual development. I can go into a very yeah. long rant about Salter Pants in this context, mm-hmm. but I will not. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, sounds like we've had a pretty good interview today. Is there anything else you want to cover up in the last few minutes? Um, I have a, a have a question. Um, sure. Is there any games you would recommend? Um, yes. Games of mine or games of other people? <laughs> of others, like other games that you would, uh, if somebody asked you to just point to a game or two to play? Like, what, what kind of games would you want, most want somebody else uh, to play? Oh, God, let me check my library. Sorry for putting a spot. That is a deeply personal question. Yeah, um, the yeah. first game that just comes to the top of my head is um, Luca, Born of a Dream. Have you all heard about that? Mm-hmm. No. Um, it is a fascinating, beautiful game. Um, the uh, like lead developer on it, Colin, is actually doing the combat design for Meat Punk Season 2. Um, Sweet. Luca Born of a Dream is this sort of um, surrealist, almost Lynchian, uh, Catholic nightmare, uh, Bayonetta-esque hack and slash game um, where... There's a lot of really good keywords. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff going on there. I think I've seen... I I must have come across this because it's very (laughs) familiar, but I don't recall much about it or recognize the name. But I'm I'm positive I've come across (laughs) it now. I know that I actually I know them from the playcrafting events 
here in New York. So I've met them. Oh, that's really cool. It's been a while. Yeah. I remember seeing this game from the very early stages. Mm-hmm. It's been years, but yeah. As soon as I saw like two seconds of the preview, it immediately came all back to me. Yeah. I didn't realize the thing was yeah. out now. Um, it came Very out cool. about a year ago. Um, a few months ago, they uh, came out with some DLC for it. Um, which Ooh. completely changes a lot of the context of the game. Um, it was a very cool experience. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. That, like, that's a game that I think about a lot. <laughs> okay. It, it already looked really interesting, so I will definitely check it out as a recommendation. Um, thank mm. you. Okay. Yeah. It reminds me, one thing I would love to do is to have a literal game library. And if I have to print off like fake little cases for my digital games and put them up on the shelf <laughs> like an actual library. I don't have enough printer ink to print off cases for all of my digital games that I haven't played. Well, you can do like just the binding the frame part. Yeah, but I was trying part. to make a joke about how I spent <laughs> way too much money on Steam sales and Humble Bundles. Oh, uh, Humble Bundle. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, are there any other games that we should definitely have to play? Or other media for that matter? Uh, let's see. Um... A friend of mine is coming out with a game in a couple weeks, um, which I'm very excited about. It's called Game Monster Kiss Club. Um, It does exactly what it says on the tin. (laughs) Um, There's a trailer for it, I believe, that came out a little while ago. Let me fact check that because I'm not actually sure if it's true. I see one on YouTube right Uh, now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the trailers. I I guess that is the trailer. So yeah, that's coming out in a few days. Um, I guess it might be out by the time the podcast is out. I don't really know when y'all plan on putting this up. Um, and yeah, that's the, the other game that immediately comes to mind. I'm probably blanking on like several dozen oh, yeah. incredibly cool games, but yeah, I recognize the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, of course, the hurry here would be in recognize the werewolf. <laughs> I know that's not anywhere. Yes. <laughs> we booped it. Cool. All right. Uh, so, uh, Heather, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great time having you here. Uh, like, any parting words? Um, stay dangerous out there. Yes. All right, Calvin, how about you? Um, no, I've just had a good time talking. I'm glad that uh, we can make this happen. And uh, this, uh, like we said, we had taken a little bit of break. This is a fantastic return to the recording. So thank you for uh, for coming on and giving us a good inspiration for um, getting back to our podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I want to give a oh, our pleasure. Yeah, and we'll give a shout of thanks out to our listeners to listening to Side Quest Completed. Go out there and get creative and cut. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at SideQuestCompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week. Sure. Awesome. Guess that's a little pre-roll footage. Yeah, it's always useful, especially whenever you sing your songs, and then I put them at the end of the episodes, whether you know it or not. I sing my songs. That's the whole song. That's all I got. Entirely for trouble. I'm collecting them every episode. I'm going to string it all together into one long piece. I'm very much looking forward to the side quest completed OSC. (laughs) Mm.